Bethel World Outreach Church. Reaching a city to touch the world. Turning your Bibles to Acts 10, we're going to read a great portion of Scripture. We're going to read 49 verses. Um, just thought that the story was too impactful, too powerful not to read the whole thing into your hearing. And then we will, I will do most of my teaching out of Acts 11, which is the narrative continued. Um, it's long, so I would have y'all read it, but that could go bad. I'm just teasing you, just teasing you. Okay, let's, let's read. Lord, I just thank you um, that you're going to help us in these moments to know your word, to see you, to be changed by it. Bless each person as they hear the thus saith the Lord. Okay, Acts 10, verse 1. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion of what was known as the Italian cohort. A devout man who feared God with all his household, gave alms generously to the people, and prayed continually to God. By the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God come in and say to him, Cornelius. And he stared at him in terror and said, what is it, Lord? And he said to him, your prayers and your alms have ascended as a memorial before God. And now send men to Jaffa and bring one Simon who is called Peter. He is lodging with one Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him had departed, he called two of his servants and devout soldiers from among those who attended him. And having related everything to them, he sent them to Jaffa. Verse 9. The next day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the housetop about the sixth hour to pray. And he became hungry and wanted something to eat. But, but while he was preparing it, he fell into a trance and saw the heavens open and something like a great sheet descending, being let down by four corners upon the earth. In it were all kinds of animals and reptiles and birds of the air. And there came a voice to him saying, rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, by no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice came to him again a second time. What God has made clean, do not call common. This happened three times, and the thing was taken up at once to heaven. Now, while Peter was inwardly perplexed as to what the vision that he had seen might mean, behold, the men who were sent by Cornelius, having made inquiry at Simon's house, stood at the gate and called out and asked whether Simon, was called, who called, was called Peter, was lodging there. And while Peter was pondering the vision, the spirit said to him, Behold, three men are looking for you. Rise and go down and accompany them without hesitation, for I have sent them. And Peter went down to the men and said, I am the one that you are looking for. What is the reason you are coming? And they said, Cornelius, a centurion, an upright and God-fearing man, who was well spoken of by the whole Jewish nation, was directed by the holy angel to send for you and to come to his house and to hear what you have to say. So he invited them in to be his guests. The next day he rose and went away with them. Some of the brothers from Jaffa accompanied him. 
And on the following day, they entered Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and had, a, had called together his relatives and his close friends. When Peter entered, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshiped him. But Peter lifted him up and said, stand up. I to him a man. And as they talked with him, he went in and found many people gathered. And he said to them, you yourselves know how unlawful it is for a Jew to associate or to visit anyone of another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any person common or unclean. So when I, sent for, so when I was sent for, I came without objection. I asked then, why you have sent for me? Cornelius said, four days ago about, the, about this hour, I was praying in the house at the ninth hour, and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing and said, Cornelius, your prayers have been heard and your alms have been remembered before God. Send therefore to Jaffa and ask for Simon, who is called Peter. He is lodging in the house of Simon the Tanner by the sea. So I went, so I sent for you at once, and you have been kind enough to come. Now therefore, We are all here in the presence of God to hear all that you have commanded by the Lord. You've been commanded by the Lord. Verse 34. So Peter opened his mouth and said, truly, I understand that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is accepted, acceptable to him. As for the word that He sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. You yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee after the baptism that John proclaimed, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit, with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all that he did, both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him from the dead on the third day and made him to appear, not to all the people, but to us who had been chosen by God as witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to judge the living and the dead. To him, All the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Verse 44. While Peter was still saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. And the believers from among the circumcised who had come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out on even the Gentiles. For they were hearing them speaking in tongues and extolling God. Then Peter declared, can anyone withhold water for baptism from these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked him to remain for some days. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his word. What a story. A lot of details. The story is important, and it's important right now. And if if I'm going to try to help you understand anything, it'll be this refrain the whole day. 
God is trying to talk to you so he can do work through you. There's something that God needs to say and there's a message he's trying to get across to all of us so he can do some work through us. Now, when I look at today's society, uh, it seems that everyone has an opinion. And in fact, this opinion is offered up uh, through the media, social media all the time. Justin, your generation is responsible for all of this. Thank you. And people offer opinions who don't have necessarily education, don't necessarily have credibility, don't have firsthand knowledge of what's going on. The information that they were given can sometimes be dangerous or detrimental, but yet they say it anyway. There's a scripture in the Bible that says this, a fool speaks his whole mind. And we are in a generation of people who speak their whole minds. Now, I didn't call them fools, Pastor Kevin. All I'm doing is quoting the Bible. I wish that when we talked as believers that our speech was prophetic. I wish it was a thus saith the Lord. So there's a lot of things out there to talk about, and sometimes it is felt that the church has nothing to say. There's nothing for the church to say to the LBGTQ community. Or there's nothing for us to say that Black Lives Matter. Or there's, there's nothing to say, uh, or don't say something about the Super Bowl halftime show. It's a shame if we even saw it. So I'm not judging if you saw it. My point is, is that there are things that happen in society where we give a lot of commentary toward it but we're not giving what God has to say toward him. Could be that God is really skilled at saying the right thing at the right time, and we ourselves are unskilled. You know, sometimes, you know what I say? We know we want God to speak to us so he can do something through us, but sometimes we just talk too much. What's that old Run DMC song? It used to be right. How'd it go? Say it louder if you know it. Yeah, so you know it. Just maybe, just maybe, not them, not him, maybe you talk too much. The second thing we do that I feel this text is going to deal with is sometimes we avoid talking to who we should talk to. Do you know those people in your life that you avoid? Maybe there's the guy on the street saying, you know, selling something, or maybe it's your neighbor. So sometimes we talk when we shouldn't, and sometimes we don't talk when we should. But I'm just trying to tell you that everything this text is talking about is how God is trying to talk to us so he can work through us. So let's look at it. So, so what happens in the next chapter is um, a restating or a summarization of what happened in chapter 10. And it's quite interesting what begins to pull out. And you're going to see this challenge that they're having 
that I believe that we have even now today. Look at Acts 11, verse 1. It's very interesting here. Now, the apostles and the brethren who were throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles had received the word of God. This is good news when some group of people didn't know about the grace of God that has visited the planet and offered salvation to every man. And now they do know and they received it. This is a reason to rejoice. In fact, angels in heaven are rejoicing. Those who probably preach the gospel to them are rejoicing. Let's see how these people are responding. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcision party criticized him saying, you went to the uncircumcised men's house and ate with them? Then Peter had to begin to explain. You see, it's no small thing that the Gentiles were beginning to receive the word of God because these were people who were excluded from the work of God in terms of the people who had the responsibility to preach to them. We already had Acts chapter 2 happen. We already had the Spirit poured out. He's already breathed on, on the 120th, receive ye the Holy Spirit. They've already had a dynamic experience of other Jews from all over the diaspora coming to know the saving grace of Jesus and 3,000 getting saved. But it just didn't include those people. Do you have a list of those people in your life? You know, we don't use those people terms often until we get around the family members or the friends who haven't reconciled with those people. And that's when, especially during Black History, I'm black so I can talk about these things. Black History Month, you just say stuff like, you know those white people. Don't care nothing about, you, was that happening in your house? Y'all know I know. It's okay. Everybody's got those people. No one's excluded. Cornelius was a good man, a God-fearing man who was doing a lot of good things. You think about this person that's working for the Roman army who is the, the, who is the occupier. There, there's a reason not to like him. None of us would like this, that's like liking your slave master. These are the people who are stripping me of my rights and making my life uncomfortable. And by the way, they're also responsible for crucifying my Lord. Why am I responsible to like them? Why should I be happy that they've come to know the Lord? I, I, I don't want to even believe it. And whatever church they're going to, I'm going to make sure I don't go there because I would like to stay separate from them. Does that sound familiar? See, separation for all human beings is easy. Men, even though men and women obviously are married, men, they prefer hanging with each other. They, they, there's no, no work. I don't have to explain nothing. Hey, man, what was going on? When it, man, you know what you did. When, you, know, you, just, you jump into a whole other set of conversations. Not turn, I'm sorry, honey, turn your spouse. Did you, did you see that? You understand that? See, there's, there's a camaraderie with people who are just like you. Let the women get together. <laughs> Men don't have a chance to say nothing. Let you be the only man with a bunch of women in the room. You're done. 
Just ride it out in silence because you are excluded. Not included, excluded. I want you to get a picture that no matter how much information they received about how good it should feel that somebody that didn't know the author of salvation came in salvation. They only remembered what they didn't like about the other person. In fact, in the Jewish culture, here is the prayer that according to Barclay, every Jewish man prayed every day. Here, here it is. Here it is. Listen to it. I thank you, Jehovah, that I am not a slave. I am not a Gentile, and I am not a woman. Somebody just got mad all over again. Yeah, let's stay separate. Let's have some conversation. You see, there are things. That, so it, it, the, the hatred, the vitriol, the, the levels of separation went even so much deeper that they wouldn't give a, 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 a Jew would not give a Gentile directions. A Jew wouldn't help somebody, a, a woman that was in labor because they were bringing bring another Gentile into the world. Do you understand that this level of racism and this level of hatred didn't originate in America? This, this spirit of division originated a long time ago trying to keep everybody body separated from one another. And it's the same spirit that's still alive trying to separate us from one another. He would love. And the moment that we get into these people versus those people and start making our little distinctions, claiming our moments, you know, it don't take, I'll just tell you, you know, just again, since I am black, I can tell you about the black experience. It was a guy came up to me recently. He was just so excited to tell me, hey, it's Black History Month. Like, and he's a white guy. He wants to let me, I know it's Black History Month. Doesn't that make you feel good that I know that? This is regular. And then he, and he took it that one step further, you know, where you... It's, it sounds good in your head, but it's not right when it comes out your mouth. And he said, yeah, when I was young, I, you know, I could deal with Black History Month, but my teacher said, let's make it Black History Year. Here's the whole year. It's funny. Just laugh a little. Just, it helps you get through it. It's funny because it was crazy. And that's what the spirit of division does. It makes you think crazy act crazy. How about this? It makes you ignore what God is saying to you. And you are sure that he'll do nothing through you. But in the mercy of God, what we're going to see with Peter is that God keeps wooing us. We're going to see that even though you can have salvation, and even though you can have God's spirit, and even though you can have God's assignment, you can still have some things that God's got to wash out of you. And you might be thinking, well, why would God use those type of people? And before you think about those people, always think about why would God use me? <laughs> always start with you. Now, look, look at verse 5. Look at verse 5. God's trying to speak to you. Verse 5. I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance, 
and I saw a vision, something like a great sheet descending, being let down from heaven by its corners, and it came down to me. This is real personal. This is really clear. This is not ambiguous. God knows how to get a message to you. He wants to speak to you. I don't believe Peter said, can I get a vision? I don't believe that Peter had anticipated that these were the words or the things that God wanted to say. God just knows how to get a word to you. You didn't anticipate what God was going to speak about today, but he knows how to get a word to you. You may start out in your prayer time thinking about all the other things you want to say, but God can bring something down in front of you that he wants to say to you. This is not about what you want to get from God, but what God wants to get to you. He wants to talk to you and me so he can do something through you. Now watch what happens. He says, looking, he, look, looking at it closely, I observed the animals, the prey, and the reptiles, and, and birds. It, it, it's as if Peter is saying, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. God's doing weird stuff. He's mixing things. Oh, watch out. God's got a little weird spirit on him right now. Because Peter, Peter had a habit of trying to outthink God. Let's go further. Verse 7, he says, And I heard a voice say to me, Rise, Peter. Kill and eat. Here's Peter's response. But I said, <laughs> you ain't going to trick me, Jesus. <laughs> You're not going to get me to believe you the boss of me. <laughs> I'm the boss of me. <laughs> By no means and with all respect, Lord. <laughs> you tried to get me on a trick question, Jesus. I ain't going to do it. But nothing common or unclean has ever entered my mouth. Have you ever gotten pious with Jesus? <laughs> I don't go to bars. I don't drink. I don't associate with those kind of people. I don't touch. I don't taste. I don't, I don't do that. Now, you got a plan for it that doesn't include me because you know I'm of the group that doesn't cross those lines. When's the last time God was talking to you and made you uncomfortable about what he wanted to say and you changed the subject or you changed his status and upgraded your own? Then the voice in verse 9 says, but the voice answered a second time. Then I said, you don't want God to talk to you like twice on the same subject because it don't feel right. Because I imagine it, how he would say to me, he's like, James, you, you, you acting a little touched. <laughs> now, I done told you to kill and eat. Said, what God has made clean, do not call common. Peter, I, I let you get away with some comments that were so crazy and outlandish and wild that I'm not even going to address them. But what you're going to stop doing is twisting my words. I said, if it's clean, it's clean. You see, he was already messing with Peter's mind when it comes to his racist perspective. 
This is a saved man. This is a leader who still needed a work of hearing from God. Why do we come to church? Why are we in life groups? Why do we need discipleship? Because we just don't think right long enough to just say we got it all together. I need to hear Jesus talking to me over and over and over again. And the only way I know I've got it is when I've got fruit of every nation. You see, he wants to talk to you. You know how we define diversity in our church? Embracing God's heart for every nation. That's what that means. That's what those hands mean. It doesn't mean your heart. There's no way I think Peter's a bad person, but I think Peter has a bad habit. And, and a couple of weeks ago, we talked about how the grace of God can save you, but then the grace of God sanctifies you through teaching you how to say no to the wrong stuff and yes to the right stuff. And that's a process. And what if you separate from people before they finish going through God's process? Do you think he wants you to separate? What if you get to talking too much about how you feel before God can deliver what he wants? Oh, I can't wait. Let somebody say something. I'm going to be posting all night. God is not in that post. You know he's not. You ain't checked with the spirit. You haven't checked with the multitude of counselors. We all, we, you, you know, we know. Now, I, I, I love the president of the United States of America because you're supposed to, and you're supposed to pray for him. You don't have to agree with their politics everything. So this is not a political statement. But you know you, you're asking yourself the question, who's checking them tweets? <laughs> like, who, who, is the, who is the checker? Like, you know, when he, when he gets that, I'm, I'm, does he just send it out random or does somebody check it? <laughs> it's not a political statement because he's a leader that can be radically used by God, but sanctification needs some, needs some work. Peter is a leader who's still sending out the wrong messages. You and I are leaders, but we still got the wrong kind of tweets and posts and comments and thoughts because he's trying to speak to us so he can work through us. Look at verse 11. This is what the work looks like. If you let him actually speak to you and you surrender to his speech, it'll start looking like something. Look at verse 11. And behold, at the very moment that the vision ended, three men arrived at his house in which were sent from Caesarea. And the Spirit told me to go and make no distinction. Go and don't complain. Go and get over your racism. Go and get over your cultural differences. Go and break through the status quo. Go in love. Go with my heart. Go with my word. Go with my instruction. Go as the offended. Go as the offender. But Peter, you're going to have to listen to my words. Let me talk to you so I can work through you. I make no distinction. 
It's not the rich over the poor. It's not the man over the woman. It's not the slave over the free. It's not the black over the white or the Japanese over the Chinese. It's none of it. These six brothers also accompanied me. We entered the man's house. This is no, notice this, you know. God, what you do as an individual is going to immediately affect all those closest to you. Whatever is about to happen in Peter's life is about to happen in these six men's lives. Whatever victory he gets is immediately transferred to those he's discipling. Guess what? Let's say he didn't listen to God. Then he's going to transfer his spirit to all of those. It works whether you want it to work or not. He went to a man's house. This begins to be reminiscent of Acts 2. They were in a house. Now he's about to go to a man's house. Scripture says in, in the, verse 14, and he would declare to you, the, okay, here's what happened. If you go back to Acts 10, 38, Peter said, all right, Lord, I'm going to go with these men. He, the Bible says he welcomes them into his house and they stay the night. And he then goes with him, but he's still not right. Because the first thing that he says when he goes into the house, you know the first thing he said if you went to Acts 10, 30, 34, I do time to go there. He steps into the house and says, y'all know it's not lawful for me to be here. Because in his mind, here are the authorities. Here are the people who hate you, hate me. I hate you. We don't know how this is going down. Y'all have crucified Jesus. We've been on the run. It's a lot of things unsaid. Let me just start out by saying, I know this is illegal. He automatically goes back to something about him versus what the assignment is. And this is what happens to all of us. Our self-preservation kicks in. Our own sense of feeling and, 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 and concern kicks in. It is so difficult for us to just be soldiers in the army of the Lord. It's so difficult for us to just be bought with a price, glorifying God with our bodies, knowing that we're not our own. You and I don't really have a whole lot of choices. When we accepted the grace of God, we accepted the mission of God the same time. And the mission has told you to go here. Peter, quit being concerned about yourself. The law don't matter at this time because the higher one is giving you something above that law. So whatever laws ever exist or have existed that are against God's laws, there's something that God has to say about it. Sometimes he says, cross the line. And sometimes he says, I know what you're going through, but stay within the line. He has the right to tell you to fight it, and he has the right to tell you to surrender to it. But it's not about your individual right. It's about his will to advance his kingdom through you. I'm going through pain. They can't be treating our people like this. Well, that's the goodness of God that causes a man to repent. He gives a man a conscience, and it bothers him. Watch this. He said, as he begins to speak, no, 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 uh, go to 14. He would declare to you the message by which you will be saved, you and all your household. Ooh, he wants to speak to you so he can work through you. The most powerful weapon on this planet 
against racism, discrimination, segregation, the power of sin, the power of Satan. The most powerful weapon in the universe is called the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God. He's preaching the gospel to people that he would assume don't want anything to do with it. Can you imagine Cornelius' prayer life? God, I fear you. God, I'll give to you. I love you. But I keep trying to, to turn myself from polytheistic to monotheistic. And I like this Jewish way, but they don't want me. Do you have any solutions? He said, yeah, 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 hold on, hold on. I got a guy I'm working on. He's not fully developed yet. He doesn't have it all together. There's still some jacked up stuff in his heart, but it's all right. It's the best I got right now. The church is just started. But once we really get going, woo-hoo-hoo, it's going to be great. But right now, all I got is Pete. Pete, come on over here, Pete. I know you're confused. He has to ask Cornelius. He, this is what the script says. What am I supposed to be saying to you? That's what he said. He said, uh, you're supposed to tell me about what the Lord's doing. And he said, God told me my whole house is going to get saved. He said, that's why I got all my friends here. What if I told you? Ooh, I feel annoying of God. What if I told you? What if I told you that your neighbor is waiting on you? You know how we count in neighborhoods. Oh, yeah, I know two houses down. That's a believer. They go to Brentwood Baptist. About two streets over, they go to Fellowship. Yes, oh, yeah, those other people, oh, they go way down in the cornerstone. They're like 10 ounces down. It's a few of us believers in the neighborhood. <laughs> and it's something that, that lets us off the hook when we think about all of the neighbors who don't know him. But see, all of those neighbors know that we know Christ. And all of those neighbors are waiting on us to invite them into the good news that we believe we have. Sometimes all, only the best he's got is James Lowe. James, would you just go over there? I know you don't care about people yet, James. I know you don't care about your neighbor yet. I know you don't care about what they're going through. I know you don't care about their marriage. I don't know. I, I know you don't really, really care if they're paying their bills and everything. I know you think it's all right. I know you don't think like me yet. I know you don't have a heart for diversity. You don't want to embrace every nation. I know you don't want to do it, James, but you're the best I got right now. Get up and get down to Joppa. Get up and get down to Caesarea. Get up and get down to Antioch. Get down to Spring Hill. Get over to your neighbor's house. But James, you're going to have to listen to me speak to you so I can start to work through you. Now, I, I'll just get skipped to the good part here. Verse 15 is pretty nice. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell. Just as on us at the beginning. Now, that, that took me back when I realized I thought we were the worthy ones of the gift. I thought we were the special anointed ones. 
I didn't know he was just freely giving it out to everybody. I didn't know when he said Acts 32 that this gift is for you, for your children's children, for, 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 for all those who are far off and as many as the Lord God. I thought that was a cute little thing to say. I didn't really know he wanted to give Pentecost to the Gentiles, and he should have told me. He didn't even wait on me. When I'm preaching, he just going to fall. How are you going to interrupt my message? Because even though God wants to speak to you so he can work through you, he doesn't need you. He's saying, Peter, I was going to do it without you, but isn't it fun to be a part of what I'm doing? Peter, you thought it was your words, but I could do it without your words. I could do it without your presence. But Peter, I decided to do it with you in your brokenness, in your racism, in your confusion. Perhaps when they got help, Peter, I could help you too. I know you thought you was reaching them, but Pete, really, I'm reaching you. Watch this, he says. Watch what he says. 16. He said, and I remembered the word of the Lord. He said, now it's like clicking for him. John baptized with water, but I'm going to baptize with the Holy Spirit. And then he said, if God gave the same gift as he gave to us, when we believe the Lord Jesus, who was I that I could stand in God's way? Now, I'm going to pause here. That's who he was before this moment. Somebody who stood in God's way. Oh, hear me, church. When you get saved, and you get filled, and you have the answer, you ran out of choices about what you were going to do. Your whole life is about communicating the good news that God became a man in Christ and lived like you should live and die like you should have died and with three days later was raised again to offer life. This is our mission to every nation of the world. Why, why do we call it every nation? I believe God prophetically gave us our name so we wouldn't forget our assignment. That's not a cute thing. Oh, we got Ming Wang and, and, and Selena. We got a couple of the Chinese people up. Ooh. No, that's the trigger in you. Who, what Chinese unsaved person do I know? Because I've got Celine, I've got men. I want them to be saved. I need to pray for this nation. I need to go for an open door. I need to get on the campus. I need to get around the people in the nations of the world who need me because now, Peter, you're starting to get it. I don't want a moment with you. I want a lifestyle out of you. I'm trying to talk to you so I can get some work through you. He's trying to talk to us, Bethel, so he can get a city through us. He can get a community through us. He can get neighbors through us. He can raise churches up through us. He can fulfill the mission of the kingdom mandate through us. Stand to your feet. Ah, glory to God. La mangiala basoto ramangresi ti hurreme kisi. Ha kamunyondo la mangi de abogyasa te maya. Yebos la bada man ramayasi ata. Ima siyata. 
Does anybody have an interpretation of that tongue before I do it? I'll wait just a moment. I can hear the Lord saying, I am building bridges between people who have been separated far too long. I am retooling you and reshaping you and remaking you that you might be effective in the work that I've called you to do. And yes, I've called you to do this work, saith the Lord. I've not called you to sit by and watch others do what I've assigned you to do in this city, in this time right now, saith the Lord. For I have called the nations to this place and I've also called you to go out to the nations, saith the Lord. And you won't go out hoping to get victory. You're going out because victory has already been given to you through my power and through my grace. But what I have started in this place is what I will finish, saith the Lord. I have begun the work and I will complete the work. And great is the work on the inside of you. And as you go, saith the Lord, you will not only see transformation, you yourself will be transformed, saith God. For the transformation power that is in me is now upon you, saith the Lord. And I am the change that you need. I am the God that stands by and breathes freshly on you a word of life that brings and gives it to you and to those I sent you to, saith the Lord. Give God praise and glory. That is simply an unscripted gift. It comes by the power of the Holy Spirit. Tongues and interpretation of tongues is just spoken of in 1 Corinthians 14. It's a gift that believers can desire and ask for and walk in as a tool to help build the kingdom. That power is available to you. Ministry team, as you come down, that power is available to you right here, right now. That power to see you come out of darkness and into the light. Though I will not labor I can tell you that you are here today and you need Jesus. In the same way he answered Cornelius' prayer, he answers your prayer to give you what is missing in your life. Clarity, power, purpose, mission is available. I wanted to pray for two groups of people today, those who need to say yes to Jesus and you can come while I'm talking or at the conclusion of prayer. I want to pray for us as a group of believers together that we would invite God to speak to us so he could begin to work through us. If you want him to speak to you, that he might work through you, raise your hand up high. Lord, I pray for everyone with their hand raised. You said, he that have an ear, let it hear. May they hear you clearly so they can follow you more nearly and love you more dearly. Give them the ability, God, to hear and respond. Speak to them so you can work through them. And bless them, God, for those who are searching for you, who need a breakthrough in their marriage because it's falling apart, you love them. They need a breakthrough in their body, they need healing, you'll heal them. For those who don't even feel the joy of salvation, they don't know if they're saved, if they go, and die tonight, they don't know where they go, you can bring the joy of salvation. I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice who has not have Jesus 
actively working in their life for salvation, that they would come at the conclusion of the service. I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Look up at me before I say you're dismissed. If you have any prayer needs whatsoever, don't get distracted by people going that way. You come this way and be prayed for. Number two, if you're new to Bethel, I'd like to meet you. I'll meet you over at the guest center with some other leaders. And finally, if you need more clarity on what God wants to do in your life, you be here on Wednesday night. I'm believing God. I know the message that will be preached. I'm preaching it. The power of God will visit you and break you free from what's ever holding you back from greatness. God bless you. You are dismissed. If you've watched this message and you want to make Jesus Lord of your life, I've got good news. You can do it right now. I want you to pray with me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my life for the rest of my life. I acknowledge I am a sinner. I need you, my Savior. I believe you died for me. I believe you were raised from the dead on the third day. And I confess that you are now Lord of my life. If you've just prayed that prayer, I have good news for you. You have eternal life. The next step for you is to get in a Bible-believing church. We volunteer to be that church. But if not us, we pray God's blessings on you as you search for God's best for you. Thank you. Bethel World Outreach Church. Reaching a city to touch the world.